0: talk about revolution. That's going a little bit too far. So love me, love me,
1: love me. I'm a Hello liberal. and welcome once again to more like The Worst Wing, the show where here in 2023 we take a look back at what was once Aaron Sorkin's seminal classic, The West Wing, from a bit more leftist socialist perspective. I am Stu.
0: And I am Dave.
1: And today's episodes two of them are requiem and the next one is something about a transition i ran the two of them together in my notes and i don't care enough to oh it's I think just it's transition. literally just
0: just transition actually they're both one word titles handy uh the the first one is all about leo's funeral obviously hence requiem um and it basically goes as like what what I want to say is standard fare for what you would picture as a West Wing funeral episode, but basically gets to play on additional pathos given that the actual actor, John Spencer, has passed away and that we, the audience, realize this is both a in-character funeral and also sort of a meta funeral for the actual man and, you know, for the cast that, you know, spent many years with him.
1: Yeah, and... I like that in terms of, like, you may as well, like, as an actor, quote-unquote, do something with that, Mm -hmm. right? Because why—I mean, you're not being cynical, being legitimately sad about one of your friends dying. Right,
0: Right. your actual colleague, you know, who you've worked with for years and years— uh, on this particular pro- program that you're now filming the funeral that's got to be like just a weird fucking experience Yeah, a weird feeling you know? too
1: right because there was I, probably an a-
0: you know there was an actual funeral for john spencer i imagine that many of these same people probably attended and now they have to oh, play yeah. act for tv recreate the fu- uh, a fictitious version of that funeral jeez i didn't i didn't like, think about that what a trip man yeah, <laughs> like oh <holy fuck>. shit <laughs> That's rough. Um, so apparently, so the funeral itself is all very standard. Well, basically, and is when what I'm we learn,
1: we learn that he is supposedly Catholic.
0: <laughs> yeah, But like, well, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> well, I who who would think? I don't. And today, especially, shouldn't, shouldn't the, him and Bartlett have been talking Catholicism yeah, no all shit. the time? I, With all the times Bartlett brings it up,
1: <laughs> this is a, this is a wasted opportunity for the show, and also something that would have the entire country up in arms two papists in the white house like what the
0: fuck (laughs) and his chief of staff oh they're directly taking orders from the pope
1: (laughs) no shit and this is this is me speaking as a person who was raised roman catholic i noticed that the words in the service were wrong (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh man. That is something that early Sork and West Wing would not have fucked up. Would not have fucked up. That's an Episcopal with, with book, these, bitch. As we discovered in our research before the show, senioritis writers, <laughs> writers who know they are writing for a cancelled program... Uh, I, I understand why the writing is getting more and more slipshod and full of mistakes and whatnot. Oh, oh, sure. And I mean, honestly,
1: like if it's in the National Cathedral, it doesn't, it's non-denominational and like, I don't understand why they had.
0: Right. And it's technically like, it's half military funeral too. I guess military just kind of works with any faith. Um, yeah. It's but, very, yeah. Like, yeah it's funny that the guys with the guns there are like in the church and i'm like no don't do the 21 gun salute yet <laughs> you're inside yeah.
1: well so the coolest <laughs> thing about the the funeral is that they get the entire band back together absolutely this funeral and, and again crap.
0: this is this is where you get to sort of trade on the fact that like the actual man died too where we get mm-hmm. to see these people's we get to see everyone's, yeah, uh, we got all the Bartlett daughters. We've got Mallory, we've got uh, a bunch of bunch of returning cast yeah, you uh, get, shows um, up.
1: Apparently, Martin Sheen's, like, real-life daughter has been on the cast the entire time as just, as like, like, an, an extra? assistant who's around. Oh, okay,
0: assistant, sure, like a background extra kind of yeah. thing, non-speaking
1: I, I I don't even know. Maybe she has like a couple words here and there but like you see sure. a nice close up so of her who in like the pews. hands
0: off a file. Huh. Okay. I'd be
1: like, "Oh, okay." And that's what that's a thank you to Emma. Props for major trivia. Um, yeah, so anyway, they've got everybody in the church and then there's the big fucking drama about the funeral is whether it's cool for all these powerful people to be seen with Toby.
0: Oh, right, yeah, like... <laughs> Jesus Christ. At your sort friend's
1: of. funeral.
0: It's not played up too much, thankfully, but yeah, it, it does become, like, a point where, like, Abby has to pester Bartlett about it, of, like, Toby's here, whatever. And they they're have like, to please be all don't walk out with me. Like, what the <laughs> right. fuck? Like, wouldn't... Right, and, like, Charlie has to walk out with him, because I... Charlie ranks low enough, apparently.
1: And and one would have thought that he would be a pallbearer. For God's sake, like holy, so sh- the, you know yeah. they Ooh. were, they were basically the five most powerful people in the country. You know? Yeah,
0: they, they spent a lot of basically their entire lives together, given their work schedule. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> which which will lead into our second episode, funny enough. But uh, yeah, the you know the funeral bit. And then, yeah, Toby awkwardness, and then the rest of it just ends up devolving into, like, a wake, but, like, a West Wing wake where there's a lot of, like, potential power moving and grabbing of potential jobs in the Santos administration going on uh, as the Santos administration eases into the transition period.
1: Yeah, and it's a weird—and, frankly— to give, I guess, the writers credit, like this situation would be really off, like awful, and the timing is, is extremely yeah. fucked. Yeah, yeah. Ex-
0: yeah. Exactly, yeah. You have to deal with this right as you're dealing with winning a campaign and moving right into transitioning to becoming president, uh, and dealing with the fact that he's going to be president in two months and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So there's a bunch of kind of like additional jockeying. And, and stuff that happens in this weird social, political sphere. Like yeah. Wake. The, the
0: big thing is uh, trying to select the new Speaker of the House. They're going to yeah. have a Democratic House, but a Republican Senate, from the, uh, my understanding of yeah. the post-election Correct. way things have shaken out. So uh, the speaker of the house is obviously going to be very big, as that's going to be the president's legislative agenda, at least until it all gets blocked in the Senate. But uh, <laughs> we're uh, we're torn between Congressman Fields, uh, who Santos like had a pre-existing friendship with, basically, and like they're tight, and like he would work closely with him, uh, and and sounds basically ideal and then we go to meet the other candidate <laughs> and i'm sure he has a name but i'm just going to call him congressman asshole because oh, for he sure, basically, yeah he basically just comes out and goes like okay well i don't agree with any bit of your legislative agenda but we'll work great together you know i'll just smack down everything you present me but i'll do it with a smile sounds great huh, mm. huh boss
1: so his name is selner
0: Congressman sure. Sellner.
1: The actor's name is John. Congressman Gatt.
0: sellout, more like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and I mean uh, the so we go from Congressman Fields who looks literally looks like the giant forehead smiley on something awful. I don't know if you've ever seen it.
0: He has, he has a forehead Absolutely. that extends
1: the entire length of his face above his eyes. Absolutely. A,
0: a five head, six head, if you yeah. will. <laughs>
1: Well, and then we have this other actor who has been in, like, another. he's another ultimate, both of, like,
0: Both of these guy. actors, really, yeah. are, like, total that guys who have shown up in a million yeah. different projects here and yeah. there. You know, big things and small things. Fuck West Wing, as, as we've, a recurring statement on this show is West Wing has an incredible knack for finding these character actors and putting them to work.
1: Yeah, this dude, so this the guy who plays Selner was also, I, I completely forgot, he was totally in Zodiac too he's in uh, fucking everything so another one of these that guys and really i think your main point about this that i'm taking away is that like all the campaign energy is just bodied out of existence here like
0: instantly like and it's so fast like how quick us. it happened
1: like no more excitement
0: <laughs> yep like we've won here this is the problem like you, you like no one watches the super bowl post game analysis show not unless you're like a diehard fan everyone will watch pre-game analysis because we don't know the outcome yet so pre pre pre-game is great and the game itself is great but now we're in post game and like you know we already know the outcome we know who won and and there's nothing all all the tension instantly gone there's nothing nothing to replace it with yeah like what are you gonna do now You have nothing to replace it with. Now we just have the boring, slow, orderly transition period between a democratic, outgoing administration and an incoming one.
1: And I'm going to be honest. I have several... I wrote several notes that just says, like, to the equivalent of, like, fuck you, stop telling me, ugh, who cares, bits here where I'm like... And I don't even know what I'm referring to, but... (laughs) <laughs> it's just, there's a lot of talking there's, where it's like, do you remember when this person did this thing? It's like, honestly, I don't because you never did it in the show.
0: Right. It was only talked about previously yeah. beforehand so as, as a phone conversation or a, a five minute meeting that happened off screen. Yeah. So yeah. This is going on for quite a quite some time and there's a lot of job picking and there's a lot of um there's a lot of like a gotta sign out oh uh josh gets real upset that like he's not immediately going to be head of the transition team itself uh, mm-hmm. but like he's already a lock for chief of staff uh for the for the actual president's job josh like is it normal for someone to go from head of campaign to head of transition team to chief of staff or is or aren't those normally like different people Somewhere in the process,
1: I don't know. I think, I mean, if, if I'm being idealistic. but he gets all
0: that He gets all butt about not being transition team lead, basically. Sure,
1: and and honestly, like that is one of those where like I can't imagine caring about like, right.
0: You, it's like, not actually. You should a, you should you should actually be using that entire time to go on vacation. But we'll get into that more next episode. There's,
1: um, so while they're kind of like maneuvering these things. I do want to note that Gary Cole is still
0: around. Like now, now yeah, he's one of the people who came back. Yeah, for the uh, for the funeral,
1: and so he he has a new haircut. Yeah, um, (laughs) it's great. I don't know. I just I'm trying to describe it. He just looks like a kid because he's got like big big sticky yati ears and a big nose, and it's not saying like he looks, you know, as a man these features aren't necessarily like weird looking. It's just when he close crops his hair, it's like you get the guy who's talking about TPS reports or whatever, but all of a sudden he just looks like a child. It's just an (laughs) extremely funny vibe.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He tries to throw his hat in the ring to be Leo's replacement VP. Cause that's another subplot going on uh, in the wake bit where he's just like, Hey, you know, like, I've been VP before, wink, wink.
1: Dude, I'm great at this job.
0: (laughs) Like, I have VP experience. <laughs> yeah. I'm the only person who can claim to have vice yep. presidential experience.
1: Yeah, guess what? Uh, I was a heartbeat away from the president for a couple uh, of years. Uh,
0: apparently, Santos is leaning towards Baker, uh, the guy played by Ed O'Neill. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, go- governor of Pennsylvania, because he views that as like good executive experience. Meanwhile, Janine Garofalo, no, sorry, not Janine Garofalo. That's next episode. Uh, what's your face who came back? Josh's former flame Amy.
1: Oh yeah, Amy Gardner.
0: Amy Gardner, thank you. You remembered her last name even. Uh, I was struggling just to remember the Dude, first. I, 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 I Gar- don't
1: remember her actress's name ever. A Mary
0: Louise Parker, exactly. I Exactly,
1: so we're taking Amy, on yeah.
0: Amy Gardner shows back up, and she is kind of flirting with Josh because she does not know that Josh and Donna are like a, a, a semi-item at this point. And she's also trying to lobby for a Florida congresswoman Whose yeah. fictional character name I forget to be the VP for Santos. Now that Leo has passed away, uh, who is going to be more of a more of a stronger choice, I guess, rather than going with a safer option like Baker, basically. Y- yeah, and that's the vibe.
1: Yeah, and there's all this posturing and shit. I want Although
0: the VP is fucking useless, other than like yeah. their tokenism. <laughs> so I think Lou, I, mean, I think Amy's pitch of like, hey. Women are a huge constituency, they're over 50% of the vote, and I think throwing them a bone with this, because you were you were losing women in the election, you know, and she brings up the fact that if, you know, if only men voted, Democrats would never win, kind of thing. And so, like, I think, you know, that's a convincing argument on just, like, sort of the demographic thing of it alone, because, like, what does the VP do, honestly, you know? <laughs>
1: Yeah, and like I think I think
0: making a demographic representational win out of it is a perfectly fine thing to do with the position because that's really it only has ceremonial value unless the actual president dies.
1: Yes, I I think there's no material use to it. Right. So and we're we're long
0: past the era of like the VP being the automatic nod for the nomination. Um, and I think even the show was recognizing that at this point. You know, this is long past Gore. You know, within.
1: There's and yeah, I mean, why not use it for symbolic value? Sure, you might as well get something.
0: And you know, yeah, but uh, yeah, (laughs) they there's the VP dilemma. Uh, Santos offers Amy Garner to be head of legislative affairs. It's unclear if she accepts or not.
1: So there's. There's a bunch of stuff going on, and I want to, like, while we're talking about Amy Gardner, um, mm-hmm. in the past, Amy Gardner has been, like, the the show's the shows tokenism, like, their nod to
0: actually having... To women's issues. To women's issues. Absolutely. Which, which its genesis she, was she's in... She's the women's issues character, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and its genesis was in Aaron Sorkin's Contempt. For women, basically. <laughs> and so, uh, notwithstanding that... It, like, it is Amy, very
0: much like, a, man, aren't you having fun playing at your little job over there? Exactly. <laughs> like, and, and that's very much the vibe.
1: Notwithstanding that, she is the closest to a actual women's rights kind of like, Yeah, she's voice. like female
0: Josh, basically. She's very yeah. much the yang to Josh's yin kind of thing. Or, or like the same thing, but gender swapped, basically. And so...
1: So Emma, Emma, while we were watching this, she was sitting there, and like we, there are a lot of stuff with women in this episode where it's like (laughs) this is this is fine, and there there's like a lot of female characters who are all nominally strong and powerful women, but the. (laughs)
0: but then it all devolves into gossip and like stupid drama about like uh oh Donna's staying at my place so I can't fuck (laughs)
1: yeah it's incredible (laughs) how quickly it goes to like well CJ and um Timothy Busfield his Danny Danny. Danny want to fuck but oh no they don't have a place to stay like Donna is homeless apparently (laughs) and refuses
0: to get a hotel room for reasons I don't know uh, Are you not like a very well employed individual, Donna? Like
1: this is this is bad. I have to fix all this audio because I'm clipping through the fucking roof. It's so funny, <laughs> fucking so and so. All of these
0: nominally. And then Josh wants to fuck Donna, but Donna's staying at CJ's. Wah, wah, there, there's wah. a conundrum triangle. Oh gosh, it's so, it's very. I scheduled two dates at the same night, kind of thing. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, and so. I see, I kind of wrote it a couple places where it's like, I see my wife in a couple of these characters and these things where there is a actually pretty, and surprise, it's CJ who is usually the only good female character. It's like Uh, a pretty, it's a pretty representative thing where it's like, all of a sudden, (laughs) I care (laughs) deeply about this weird personal emotional yes. crisis
0: i loved it i loved her little like mini anxiety freak out about the like the logistics of trying to tell donna no you can't stay there yeah, like or or just make up an excuse for why you know danny's coming over or it, whatnot
1: it feels like some sort of weird horseshoe theory bullshit where they are so misogynistic about this character that it somehow wraps around to
0: being completely accurate 100 right on the money yeah absolutely <laughs> Yeah, it does feel like that. And most of the time, they're swinging and missing, unfortunately, where, like, Amy Gardner offers Josh, like, by the way, here's a friend for sex. You want?
1: <laughs> oh, like, and there's there's a bunch of stuff with them. Um, ev- eventually, Amy gets an audience and talks to the president-elect to talk uh, to Matt. To pitch the VP. To mm-hmm. pitch the VP. B- and basically, the show takes the opportunity to just be, like, Absolutely not! I am going to like, one hundred percent, like patriarchal power figure shut you the fuck down.
0: Just like nope, going with the dude. Uh, like, bonus offering though, you get the home game. You want to be legislative affairs director?
1: And like, and my my one note here, all in caps, is just it's master's tools, dude. You're not going to make right. any progress yeah. with, yeah, with using. Says,
0: he like, says literally you want to come fix the system from the inside like what a joke.
1: holy shit so there and while we're on the subject I just want I want to note an incredible uh, Danny moment where <laughs> he like looks at CJ from across the room at the wake right and I'm calling it right after Donna
0: right after she has offered her space, space to Donna but earlier than that they have committed to like you know a sex night. And and yeah, he basically gives her the the drunk chief wiggle, like, ah, ah, ah.
1: like the, yeah, like yeah, we're gonna get smirk. it on. The perp smirk from across the room—it's incredible. And like I, I time stamped it in the notes just to be yes. like, I'm making this the thumbnail because yeah, face and is CJ incredible. has this great
0: reaction of like, oh great, now I have to deal with this.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. It's and real good. To, like also, I mean
0: I think you said it already, it's just like you are all adults, just find a hotel. Someone someone get a fucking hotel. Room. Like, like dude, Or that's or more Danny sug- Danny says just come over to my place and like that's the whole thing CJ breaks down over is like what excuse would she make for not like staying at her own house that night? Like work called, you know, you have the ultimate excuse. Yeah. Or again. Make something up.
1: Oh, I, I was do... in the sit
0: room all night dealing with classified yeah, exactly. shit I can't tell you. Yep. You know? <laughs> yep. Like, it, it takes two seconds to make... It really feels like she doesn't actually want to have sex with Danny, but, like, she's supposed to. But, like, it's just uh, it's is, stupid sitcom bullshit. It's just, like, 30 <sighs> seconds of communication could solve this problem.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to... I mean, I don't want to spend too much time, like, belaboring this point, because... It is a very 2000s, like, trope. I I hate to use the word (laughs) Sure. To just be like, you guys could just talk to each other.
0: No, but it's funnier
1: this way. (laughs) And and watching shit from this era of media drives me fucking bonkers. And look, to be fair, again, like kernels of truth, I remember being... Twenty-two years old and just being like, yeah, but oh, they're not—they're not, they're not wow. twenty-two. This though. is true. They're—they're
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're in their forties and they're highly paid professionals with mm. like mansions. Like this isn't a problem anymore. You have a multi-room apartment, CJ. Like,
1: which—which <laughs> which I think is probably reflective of the American animus more than anything else. It's just like we—we we are a nation of
0: stunted adults. Like yeah this feels very college like uh uh-oh boyfriend staying over at the dorm like and it's
1: it's so cliche to say that you know you're just revisiting and and reliving high school for the rest of your fucking life and honestly like the people wrote it this way and the actors are doing it this way and it's just
0: yeah yeah life create life imitates it's all played for laughs but it is kind of annoying (laughs) well (laughs) absolutely
1: and, and the thing is, I think, and that actually is. A I think really because
0: good... they are White House professionals, you know, like this works on like the Office where they're all dumb. Yes, you yes. know what I mean. Like these people are supposed to be smart. Well, and like smart people in theory could schedule a sex life. You know what I'm saying?
1: I, I think I've come, like I have landed on a new perspective here because this is an episode about their friend dying, and but somehow we are doing. Uh, like a conundrum triangle, Like, yeah, like sex it, plot. Weird, for weird,
0: weird episode to throw this one in. <laughs> Extremely yeah, absolutely. strange. You could throw it into the next episode just as easily. It could have it could have fit into transition just mm-hmm. as easily.
1: Yeah. So eventually, there's actually, and this is, I think, the 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 best part about this episode is um, Bartlett shows up to the wake. And yes. has, to, like, has to legitimately turn the emotion off. Turn on from, the charm.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He has to be on. Like you said, I thought that was really a good note you put in your notes here. Of Like, man, you know, you're dealing with the actual grief of the loss of your friend, your best friend. Your best friend, friend, yeah. Who you've known for decades and decades. And, you know, you're dealing with all that. And you have to go turn on, like, the Bartlett that people know. The Bartlett they see on TV. And be that guy for a couple hours, you know, in front of, in front of like all these, you know, important people. And like, man, that sucks, you know? Like, again, it's a real good, like, Bartlett the man moment. And, yeah, and we're getting less and less of those.
1: <laughs> and, and I really, I like the, again, it's, it's too bad it's kind of. It it almost feels like an afterthought that they bother to include it, but they did. So
0: like, good for them. Like,
1: yeah, it's a really it's
0: it's a just real, that little moment with Abby, kind of yeah, thing. bit of emotion yeah. that I I can like it resonates. So yeah, yeah. All right, I think that's most of my thoughts for the first episode. Oh, Ainsley Hayes is going to be the new <laughs> Oliver Babish yeah. Yeah, in okay. the Santos administration. Fine. Cool, great, cool. Ainsley sho- Ainsley showed forever. back up, everyone. Hey, yeah, Ainsley's right. back. Cool, great and she gets a job so good for her Hooray. but yeah that that wraps up the first episode let's take a quick break here and then we'll come back with our thoughts on the next episode <laughs> And welcome back. Uh, the next episode, entitled Transition, is appropriately about the transition um, from president-elect to president, where they have to ride out two months of sort of, I don't know what you really do here, getting your affairs in order. It's mostly staff appointments from the sound of it. Yeah. It's mostly just p- picking out your cabinet like and, following and up other, on the
1: politicking from last episode, like yeah,
0: more more job assigning and job bickering. Uh, Otto is our our boy who we who criticized a few episodes back for uh, saying like I want to be a speechwriter. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, it, which turns out his name is Otto because he gets yelled at in this episode later on by Josh. Uh, but we'll get to that. That's basically a symptom of Josh's increasing stress. Uh, throughout this episode, but it first starts off with uh, him going to California uh, to interrupt a meeting going on in a law office where do Rob Lowe, Holy shit. Sam Seaborn, Sam Seaborn's back, everyone. Yeah. And this is a bigger get than everyone that we saw in the last episode combined. <laughs> it's,
1: it's way bigger get than Martin Sheen's daughter.
0: Who, yeah. Whose name I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and the three Bartlett daughters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Sam's back, and Josh is wants him to basically, in Josh's words, you know, be the Josh Lyman to my Leo. Leo, yeah. Uh, to be his deputy chief of staff, as Josh was to Leo. Uh, and basically keeps cajoling him, and it's very, you know, it's very fun you know, it's fun to see these two good actors bounce off each other. Although, as you said, uh, Rob Lowe looking looking weird, he, looking looking like he just had some work done and hasn't quite recovered like, yet. Like his his
1: features are too pronounced. Like he's got mm-hmm. really good cheekbones and they're the, just a little
0: puffy. Like the, the jawline is just like too steel, yeah. too much iron. You know, it's, and there's a it's lot of too makeup. Good.
1: A lot of makeup on that. A lot of kicked yeah, up.
0: I don't know if that if that's trying them to make him look tan so that, you know, when they, they talk about like, Oh, I don't want to go back to DC, I love it out here in California. I can you know, I have a normal work schedule and I get tan and whatnot. Whereas you look like shit, Josh. Yeah. Right? You're, so you're I wonder if the makeup is to is to accentuate that difference, basically. <laughs> like I, I look like amazing Rob Lowe in incredible makeup, whereas you look like Josh Lyman falling to shit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I mean most of this episode is about Josh like melting apart f- for yeah for reasons, and I don't know why beyond why understanding. I yeah do like why understand. now of all
0: times? But he flips out the most now. I don't know. I guess you can argue same thing kind of with the funeral. Like the timing of all this is insane, and he shouldn't be in charge of the transition team at all, really, and like should be on bereavement leave or what have you. Uh, but yeah. that's what this, the, this whole episode builds up to the fact that Josh needs a fucking vacation.
1: Well, so, in, and again, sort of to give some minor credit where it's due, the, his unwillingness to relinquish even an ounce of control is, is totally in character. And <laughs> yes, also and, drives the drama. So, yes. okay, I get it. Yes,
0: but absolutely.
1: The but this is the this is like the fun bit you don't have any responsibility yet and you can right. do whatever you want you right just- you're not
0: governing and no. it, it, as uh, matt santos says himself he wanted him to not be transition guy because he'd have to turn down a lot of people that he would have to then go on to work with yeah for yeah, for yeah. jobs You know, for cabinet roles and whatnot. And then he would have to go on and work with them. So it would be better to get a different person in there to be that scapegoat.
1: Yeah, and I think we we touched on this, I think, in some episode in the past where it's like this is what's fundamentally fucked up about the party system is that you have to pretend for the election cycle that you're enemies. And then all of a sudden sing a bunch of kumbayas over three months as the new Mm -hmm. president becomes the Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So... This comes home to roost, essentially, yeah. now. And I imagine that's driving the stress. However, you are the most powerful people in the fucking world. Like, what what could possibly be make you so concerned? I just... Like, you can I do whatever I you want. I don't know.
0: It's basically Josh hits a boiling point, and it makes sense. He hasn't had a vacation since the show fucking started. Uh, so he literally it takes sam and santos basically just like pushing him at the end of the episode to take a vacation uh and he finally decides to take a week off for the first time in the fictional character's history god knows how many years
1: yeah i mean and so you know they essentially eventually he gets on a plane and it's, it's cute like kind of like one of the final shots is that it's
0: him and Donna on a plane together. It's like mm-hmm. oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You he, guys did in, the right in, thing.
0: In the smartest move ever, he invited Donna to come with him on the week off, uh, and uh, so that they can work on their relationship, uh, as it were. But yeah, it's it's very telling that uh, it, that Josh can't rem- both can't remember the last time he had off, and um, is like so resistant to the idea of taking time off or or stepping back in any way shape or form even though he knows he's going to be chief of staff yeah, to the actual that's, president that's the other like, thing like that's the that thing the striver like you've in got him, you've got it locked up Yeah. like you're you know you're good
1: the the striver is no longer in play you don't need to be
0: right. getting a plus and bringing teacher an apple anymore right, like 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 you can like uh, the sign of a true leader is delegation if you're going to be chief of staff in, in, in your whole job is delegation exactly like, yeah we we can't have the bus problem here where if Josh gets hit by a bus the fucking country falls apart like you need you know you need to be able to take sick days or vacation days or what have you you know like this is just true of any organization
1: yeah, and I think I mean now that you bring it up, it's legitimately just more of the same bullshit from the show where it's like the the no, liberal driver brain
0: doesn't understand. He's the that. Bestest, He's yeah. the bestest in the world, and if he took a day off, the country would fall apart. Actually, it's, and like, oh, okay, if that's the way things are, that seems bad.
1: <laughs> it's it's such a it's such a strange internal contradiction where it's like, well. I think I think you articulated it well where it's like well if this was actually the case then you guys are in serious shit so, yeah you have a
0: terrible system like, if your it system all relies on on th- this one man keeping it together in particular yeah
1: so we get we get a lot of Josh's neuroses and he's yelling us out while yeah. we're watching Emma says this inability to talk to women is not endearing oh <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, they have a really weird moment with Josh and Donna where, I mean, they have sex. That's not the weird part. But then in the morning after, Donna basically just like sits down and has this very like, okay, we're going to have to talk about the talk about our relationship. Yep. Where she's like, she speaks in a way that humans don't speak to one another. It's and, fucked And like, up. Even, yeah. even for the West Wing, you know what I mean? Like, this is a very strange way to talk to a potential romantic partner about your relationship. I might, I might get the like, clip
1: of this and, and put it in here because it's it's hard to describe.
0: Yeah. It's just... It it feels very written. You know, it feels very artificial in that way. So last night was, was nice. Nice. It was, it was really nice. And then nice scale it was way up there in terms of... You know, niceness. Be
1: still and listen to me.
0: I don't know what this is. And you don't either, which is perfectly fine and understandable. Whatever the buildup, it's all happened amid absurdly heightened emotional circumstances, the election, Leo's death. There's been no moment to so much as take a breath, much less figure any of this out. And now this roller coaster is plunging into the transition with its time pressure demands and then the inauguration and it's hit the ground running in the first hundred days and before you know it, the midterms and the new Congress and then we're running again and four years becomes eight and we've never had the talk. And you can lose that look of panic in your eyes, we're not gonna have it now, we don't ever have to have it. But there's a window. I'd say four weeks. If we can't get it together in that time to figure out what we want from each other then clearly it's not worth the trouble.
1: Meanwhile, last night was lovely already called a cab. You should put on some coffee and I'll see you at the office. So the, like, the, the Josh thing winds up again with him getting on a plane with Donna. So like, yeah, hey, good, great.
0: Mm. Um, good, that ties up our two subplots and a nice little is, bow, you know.
1: One, there is, this is actually one, again, kudos to the writers here. There's a line that Matt Santos
0: um Is it Matt Santos? Sam. Sam says it.
1: Sam says it.
0: Because Sam hasn't fully committed yet to being deputy chief of staff. And so he basically ultimatums him by saying, like, okay, well, at the end of this day, one of us is getting on a plane. And if it's you, then you come back in a week. But if it's me, I'm fucking out of here. Yeah, like, I'm never
1: (laughs) joining your campaign or your Mm -hmm. administration. So, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. So, yeah, Sam ultimatums him, which makes Josh finally take the vacation. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Josh has a t- fucking terrible suit. He looks like shit.
0: You know. <laughs> they really His, do a good job. He's constantly like downing Red Bulls and Alka-Seltzers yeah. and various taking eye drops, shaving in the office. Like very you know. boomer,
1: like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some Alka-Seltzer. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, all, all these tricks to try to power through. Uh, all for nothing, like, all for this transition that is, like, the slowest, most boring, like, you know, they're set up in this side office, and, like, you know, n- nothing actually important is happening, not on a time frame that we care about. However, uh, potential World War Three is taking in it's the background. still happening. <laughs> and uh, Santos gets briefed, basically. He gets to go to the sit room, and he gets briefed on the whole situation, uh, a nice little moment where, with his military background, he's a lot more comfortable with all the terms and whatnot than Bartlett was on day one. Kind of shows a nice, like, striking contrast between our yes. characters. Yeah, he's a military yeah. guy. Yeah, so credit where credit's due kind of thing. Uh, and then Santos hears all the briefing info and, frankly, is not happy with the situation. And who can blame him? It sounds like a quagmire and a half.
1: Yeah, that surprise, is about it's going to gonna suck.
0: It's going to be like Iraq, but with... Russia and China, uh, and just and we're gonna be the peacekeeping force, and it's it's all just like this, uh, basically stopgap to make the two parties actually negotiate, which is not currently happening at all, not even back channels, not even nothing.
1: Yeah, it seems fair, and I mean honestly, we we aren't privy to any of this because the show doesn't bother to show us what's happening. So it, it feels very um, pointed and sort of out of the loop. Or but, And in that way, it's like, okay, we're demonstrating that Matt Santos has a, a firm grasp of this sort of thing. But it's also just, <laughs> I don't know. I have this big, long rambling note about him talking about opposing things from an ideas perspective. And then just not bothering as the most powerful person in the world to do things about those ideas. the,
0: The thing I do like here is they, they remark a lot on this weird fucking period we have. Like the fact that the transition period is this long is still is fucked up and weird. And like, This situation where the U.S. is entering a giant military action with Bartlett, who is about to be unemployed, and we know that Matt Santos is about to take over his job, and yet he cannot actually command the military until, as Josh says, 12.01 on January 20th. Yeah. So it's this weird thing where he opposes the military action, but cannot do anything about it for two months. So he has to play along and the way he plays along, and this is the really confusing part, is he is the bad cop to Bartlett's good cop. Yeah. Where Bart, Bartlett <laughs> is just going to send the troops over there and they're just going to, you know, not do anything and just be in the middle of Russia and China. But Santos is going to be like, no, uh-uh. the Bartlett days were the good days, son. My troops, when I'm in charge are gonna be actively pushing you back, motherfuckers.
1: <laughs> they're, they're gonna be strutting their stuff on the border. They, they, they will gonna be, gonna be walking up off. to you,
0: shoving your troops with both <laughs> hands in their chest, going, back up man, back up. Get the fuck out of yeah. my face, bro. <laughs> they're, they're
1: gonna be learning Russian slurs. <laughs> they're yeah. Be doing all sorts of shit.
0: Yeah. I do I, I do love that like when he's being briefed initially, Matt Santos is like, so all it takes is one Russian soldier who's drunk too much vodka and wants to, like, fuck around and he starts World War fucking (laughs) Three. And, like, yes, that's a good point. That's why these troops should not be in proximity of one another. It is, like, the
1: immediate contradiction of being, like, I'm going to teach our troops all the bad Russian swears. But then what (laughs) if they piss off a Russian soldier?
0: Oh, boy. Ooh, we didn't (laughs) think that far. Um. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, and they're all gonna have guns. Ooh, oh man, awkward, well, huh? And his
1: his concern is about he's physically. I think he legitimately. The line is like, I need to have an exit strategy for this. It's yeah. like, what? How about a non-entry? How about a non entry strategy? Exactly. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> we didn't plan that, but yeah. <laughs> that's huh. yeah how about we just don't enter at all now granted the troops are already out there kind of thing but you know what I mean just like sure. rapidly pull things them back are in motion effectively yeah. Uh, yeah. undo
1: undo control z <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah your are note about it I'm gonna put the clip in here from Spaceballs. balls it's just like that was then now this is now
0: now <laughs> yeah you won't you won't be present until then sir <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but when will then be now soon sir
1: what the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? We passed then. When? Just now.
0: we it now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now! I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah,
0: this awkward period, it really doesn't make sense. Like he should, he should either have more authority right away and like be like sort of co-president with Bartlett during this time, or it should just be much shorter or something like that. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't make much sense. It could lead to this kind of exact fucking scenario if something really big happened during that time.
1: Yeah, I think it almost, it almost unintentionally elucidates a problem with the the structure and liberal approach to like the governmental processes that we have in place. It's like I mean,
0: so, some of them are still just like you know they have things in place because it took twelve weeks to travel across the country no and that it doesn't take anymore. You know, like yeah,
1: like your horse and buggy. We,
0: we should be updating some of these things.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and honestly, it's what's what's drives me crazy is that it, it's it keeps getting worse. The campaign season. Yeah, isn't longer. Going faster. Longer and it's bigger. always
0: longer. <laughs> Like, and more of a mess yeah it's fucking well, and, crazy and we, we all well, know it's, why. i think it's america's greatest jobs program basically exactly exactly we all know
1: why it's because of the money like it's that's a it's a a roaming
0: out. it's a roaming jobs program it yeah. literally goes to like different states and whatnot and yeah yeah
1: Give, giving hundreds of thousands of fail sons nominal media positions.
0: media people and yeah you know campaign people and all these people get to wet their fucking beaks and all the vendors and whatnot and all the, all the whole apparatus that supports it, you know, or even just local restaurants enjoying the increased crowd, you know, it's all the way down. <laughs>
1: and, and this is classic West Wing where it's like we have accidentally like illuminated a,
0: a real a, a, problem. A flaw of the system and we're just going to completely breeze by it
1: and and instead instead of pointing out how this might be fixed or having thoughts about it we're actually going to like double down on it and use it on, for drama. this is the
0: greatest system like, uh, in yeah. the world actually and fuck you if you dare say otherwise well,
1: america and- and and the big thing is that the the plot point that eventually comes around about this limbo thing is that Bartlett is running a surveillance op, on oh, Santos. Yeah.
0: The fucking NSA have eavesdrop Santos's calls because he calls both the Russian president and the Chinese president, and they record both, wiretap both of those. Yeah. And Santos finds out about it, and it, he's like, he's pissed as fuck, and he confronts Bartlett, and Bartlett just goes, "Yeah, sorry," and like that's it.
1: it <laughs> literally, literally, that's the only thing. And I, you're just, I'm sitting there just like screaming, like so and so on January twenty first. You're going to be indicted your, your as mister X Ex-President. Your DOJ is going to file a suit, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, for wiretapping a citizen?
1: Yeah, uh, wiretapping a private... Bed. So, and that's <laughs> happening. It's just like, uh, uh, you know, you're yeah. kind of in this limbo, like, fine. And, again, the, the conflict, in giant air quotes, between Bartlett and Santos is it's superficial yeah because they
0: ultimately agree and they're ultimately working together on this is is like what the final scene in the oval office is meant to imply right yeah sure but then like i don't get how santos is so against the war but then he's totally willing to like work with bartlett to work the angles on this but i guess it's all in the name of diplomacy quote unquote like they're hoping to prevent the actual war well i guess
1: well well, heck you know it's 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 the democrats baby we're world police now you know yeah we have no choice but to conflict
0: a lot of that and a lot of yeah a lot of like him him being like well i I might disagree with your decision to go to war mr bartlett but i'm a military man when i get in there i'm gonna make sure it's a fucking well-run war you know what (laughs)
1: Uh, that's right i don't agree with being assigned these sorties but every one of my bombs is going to hit that target sir
0: like, <laughs> yeah like there's a little bit of that going on too which is like again matt i thought you were anti-war question <laughs> mark
1: and it's it's a really what i and i think uh, i was talking about because obviously fucking the oppenheimer discourse has been happening and of course, was talking with another. couple Oh man, I,
0: there have been some fucking takes. <laughs> uh,
1: well, and and it's like, okay, I get it. There's no such thing as an anti-war movie. I think I think Kubrick had that correct, but it's also just like, of all the perspectives that should be the most valid to take against anti, is one of a soldier, like, and and but and yet they waste this up. Op- I mean, not waste because obviously the West Wing's ideology is. Is I think very anything, much hawkish.
0: Jar- Jarhead gets very close to being an anti war movie for just making you realize how much it fucking sucks to be a Marine. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, and they'll say that full metal jacket is the same thing and things no, like No, that's um, different. That
0: glo- like the, in Jarhead, he doesn't even get to shoot anyone. Like that's my whole point. Like his the whole movie is just him like losing his girlfriend and being in the desert and having to run drills and like it it, you, it just sucks to be a marine and like I think that's the ultimate anti-war kind of message, right? To well, discourage and, young men from joining this awful organization basically.
1: Yeah, things like Red Badge of Courage and that stuff. So I I get it. It's it's hard to, like, make a media thing that is themed for something that you should hate. Because if you should right. hate it, if you make the movie well enough, people will hate it and not go see the movie. Or whatever right. it is. Like, so, fuck yeah. that. But yeah. there's there's a bunch of stuff where it's just like, you could utilize this character's particular quirks to embody a real ideology. But instead, it's just like, oh no, we're just going to plug into the one that we've got. Because, yeah, we're going to be canceled yeah. in four episodes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Very writer's cedaritis energy throughout this thing. <laughs> uh, the one decent subplot is with uh, uh, Helen Santos, mm. oh, uh, yeah. Terry Polo, uh, he basically gets to kind of, like, vet the house they'll be staying in for the transition and, and has to start thinking about, like, how she'll be first lady. And it's like is kind of, like, just not kind of grokking the concept. She's like, yeah. oh, God, I got called ma'am by one of the staffers. That was weird. And it's like, oh, honey, it's about to get a lot weirder.
1: <laughs> Ima- imagine how weird it could be.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Because it's going like, to be that weird soon.
0: You're about to become America's mom. <laughs> so <laughs> no en- enjoy. Whew. Yeah. Man, So Donna basically has to present to her, like, well, you can either be, like, an activist-style first lady and kind of, like, pick an issue to, like, pursue, or you can be, like, you know, the ceremonial, you know, America's mom-type first lady. Or, you know, there's a whole spectrum in between. Uh, And and she's become so enamored and impressed by Donna that she basically, on the spot, offers her to be her uh, first lady chief of staff. Great. So, yay. Everyone's moving up. Everyone's getting jobs. Well,
1: and... I, and this is good for
0: Donna because she doesn't work directly under Josh, by the way.
1: Oh, yes. Getting getting she, her out she, from She explicitly
0: under, tells Josh that, like, I, you know, if we're going to be a relationship item, I am not going to work directly under you, which is smart. And, you know, even though sexual harassment guidelines should have made that obvious already.
1: We're, we're not going to, like, make de jure our de facto awkwardness here.
0: Like, right, right. <laughs> So, yeah. in a smart move by her, she she leaps at the opportunity to work, you know, still in politics, but not directly uh, underneath Josh, as she will already be directly underneath Josh. hi <laughs> Gross.
1: <laughs> well, while we're being gross, Terry Polo's super hot. Like, she's got an yep. interesting look. And I I just, I had completely forgotten about the Meet the Parents saga ah um,
0: that's where i knew her from first
1: dude i i literally sort of didn't grok that and honestly i don't think i've seen much more than the first movie but yeah she had a show <laughs> called the fosters that ran for six seasons in the in the like the teens never
0: heard of uh, it okay and she was on that yeah I mean, she was for a
1: lead her. like good so for her. yeah good Working for her actress fuck yeah
0: uh but yeah she that was entertaining and and fine and the rest of it is just the war stuff the josh vacation stuff and yay sam's back you know we, we also see lily
1: tomlin briefly she gets yay. few lines and i love her oh yeah
0: she those. gets to crush on matt santos a little yeah. bit which is very cute <laughs> and endearing and and excellent yeah yeah Yeah. uh, Speaking of Lily Tullin, remember uh, you mentioned Alan Alda had that, you know, very powerful one little moment where he said, Matt, you know, on the phone. Yes. I I, I think Lily Aldrin basically had the most powerful moment during the funeral where they cut to her and she has the best grief expression I've seen on Mm -hmm. any of the actors uh, in that in that whole thing. Uh, so yeah uh, shout out to little moments that hit us like that
1: <laughs> yeah and honestly like Lily Tomlin's a, a treat it's again she's one of the people that it's I incredible I call her Lily Aldrin
0: <laughs> Lily Tomlin
1: <laughs> yes look, look she could marry Buzz she could marry an astronaut she's that's, great
0: that's like, she should... that's uh, that's the fictional character from How I Met Your Mother that's Lily <laughs> from How I Met Your Mother <laughs>
1: awesome okay we have too much knowledge in our brains
0: woo Hmm. Uh, anyway but yeah that literally as you said the episode wraps up with josh getting on the plane with donna they're going to some tropical paradise somewhere to have a week o- it's it's very kind of cute and meta that it's a week away you know in that the episode will come back next week and josh will yeah be back to work. in
1: real time
0: <laughs> yeah so i thought that was nice uh but yeah that does it for this particular episode any final thoughts
1: no, I think... Uh, these these were both a-
0: pretty mid-to-bad episodes, I would say. Uh, yeah. The funeral one you know, gets a, a couple touching moments in the beginning during the actual funeral, but then very quickly devolves into like a mid-to-bad West Wing episode where everyone is now in black tie. Uh, and like funeral black tie, specifically. Yeah. And the second one is just, you know, Josh needs a vacation, which is a theme I have been hammering since day fucking one that we've been recording this podcast. <laughs> yes. You all need yep. vacations. You all need more time off and weekends. You're all fucking insane workaholics.
1: Yeah, and it it's never, it it's impossible to be healthy. Like, your, your work you It's sucks. the
0: furthest thing from healthy. Yeah. You're all going to die from stress. Like... And your work
1: sucks. Like it. it Yeah. And you you do bad things. By the way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: You do bad when you're tired. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, that does it for this particular episode of the Worst Wing. Thanks as always for listening. You can always drop a line in either one of our threads on SA or BNR. If you found us another way and don't know what threads I'm talking about, hi, hello, welcome. And if you like threads,
1: threads. It's not. It's not Facebook. Threads. Yeah. It's not fuck Instagram that. threads. Yeah.
0: Or whatever the fuck. <laughs> fuck that. Uh, we're all on. We're on X still until that thing <laughs> drives until into it, the ground. Until it we're here itself on fire. I'm. I'm riding that thing down like the guy in Doctor Strange left. <laughs> That's baby. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, you can always shoot the show an email if you'd like at the worst sixty nine at gmail Which is nice. It's always nice. And uh, thanks, as always, for listening. We'll be back to discover the last few episodes of this wreck as the train wreck continues. Nothing stops the money train.
1: We're almost done, baby. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> all right. See you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Spend all the money you asked for But don't ask me to come on along So love me